This is CliffCentral.com. We often say that women are more complicated than men. But is that true? Men can behave in strange ways. And the reasons may surprise you. Hi, it's Craig Wilkinson and Khalil Osiris, and, and welcome to uh, podcast number five in this uh, exciting series about uh, what it means to be a man. Carling Black Label is a proud sponsor of Man to Man Talks. Join us in standing up and saying no to woman abuse because enough is enough. Champions take action. There's so much to say that we, we feel at the end of every 30 minutes we just we just be, barely begin to, to scratch the surface. So, Khalil, just great again to be back in the studio and talking about this incredible topic and difficult topic of why men behave badly. You know what? For me, first of all, it's a passion. Right. So it's, it's something that I can do every day um, of my life and be joyful in doing it. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, just this whole theme of man-to-man mm. talks where we have an opportunity to really lay bare uh, some of the sources of our horrible behavior, some of the reasons why we're um, so screwed up in many cases, so just misguided um, and lacking in in direction and and wellness uh, as men. Uh, I think it's critical that this kind of conversation delves deep into the issues of where does it come from? Like, what happens mm. when we're talking about men behaving the way that they do? Right. It, it, it's it's fascinating. I mean, I'm, I think this is a podcast, particular one that a lot of women would want to tune into to find out why. why does, <laughs> you know, we talk about men being, uh, uh, you know, women being a lot more complicated than men. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I saw a meme the other day. It was this book that must have been about I don't know, three or four meters uh, in 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 size. And the, the title was uh, Understanding Woman Part One. You know, we, we, we joke about that, but I think men are, are, are equally complex. I mean, there's, a, there's a lot of things we do that are just not rational and not, and not easy at all. I mean, if we look, we talked about, you know, how men get wounded, the fact that most men carry a wound. Yes. And, uh, if we look at how men, what we do in response to that wound, I, I think for me, the first one, there, there are three that we've got in, in terms of our discussion, but the first one is, is that we pose. <laughs> we play the man, don't we? I mean, I, I live Absolutely. Off, I mean, my, my look, it's a, it's a, it's an embarrassing story, but I remember, uh, several years back, I was, uh, I was living in Cape Town and I was jogging along the promenade at a beautiful, beautiful spot. And I had trouble with my knees, and uh, at some point, I um, my knees started really giving me trouble. So I stopped. I started. I started walking. So I was limping along the promenade with my jog <laughs> with my jogging gear, and I see approaching me two very attractive young female joggers. Uh, what do you think I did? You know, immediately I'm running again. I mean, <laughs> pain. I was so sore. My knee was so sore, but I'm running uh, as these these ladies pass me. And as I run past them with a very painful knee, I'm thinking, Craig, you're such an idiot. You know, why why are you running? Why why? And I'm posing. I'm posing because I want to play the man. I want to be the man. You know? Of course. Yeah. And you know, the the thing that that uh, triggers for me is, you know, there's this saying, uh, "Fake it till you make it," right? And it's it's a really kind of popular statement mm. and. I've heard a number of people say it in, in, in such glowing ways that you, you start to think that, well, yeah, maybe, maybe I should. But the problem for me with that is um, you can actually get in a habit of faking it. Right. You, and, you're, you're socialized to fake it. Right. And it's not you. So you don't feel as though anyone giving you any love is loving you. They're loving the image that you're portraying. And you get locked into Completely. that whole cycle yeah. of the pose right. rather than the authenticity of who you are. And, you know, I, I think of, I was thinking when I got injured, um, I, I mean, I'm playing sport. I got uh, injured. Look, 
the only way you could justify uh, being injured and not being, I mean, not being in the game is if you're severely injured, not just injured, but right, right. like almost a crippling injury. Yes. But, I, you know, I, I remember being really hurt one time during, um, uh, during the game and all I could think was coach, let me back in coach, <laughs> coach. Can I get, can I get back in yeah. now? Had he let me back in, I would have done more damage to right, the team right. than I could have supporting the team. Right. But just the idea that I couldn't, as a as a young man, I couldn't, yeah. as a young boy, I could not allow myself even right. to be injured. Yeah. And to and to have the fact of being injured as as a reason for my not being on the field because it affected your self esteem, oh, your belief absolutely. about you. I mean, you you the man, you got to be able to play. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm 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 on the field. I, I'm the leader of the team. Right. You know, right. I'm I'm the captain. Yeah, the you, captain can't be hurt. You, you you cannot because you're not a man if you are. No. I mean, think about the crazy things men do to pose. I mean, how much how many men spend way more money than they can actually afford on a car they really don't need. It gets them from A to B, but the reason they want the car is because their neighbors have one. They, they, they keep up with the Joneses. You know. Yes, man. And then the, the maintenance on the car. I, I talk to guys all the time. Say, no, man, I got to get that Merc. I got to get that Lamborghini. First of all, the maintenance payment alone huge. you could buy a car with. Right. That would take you from A to B for the next 10 years. Right. But we need to pose. We need to mm. at least present ourselves Absolutely. as being the ones who have it. Mm. And, and who, who's in control. And why do we need the car? We need it because we think that's what makes us a man. Yes. We're posing. We're putting on a front, an image that uh, – and it's, again, the vulnerability thing, isn't it? You know, yeah, we, and, we and can't be vulnerable. Exactly. And the, th- and the whole thing is we're not – I mean, this is not a discussion saying that the man who is able to get the Lamborghini shouldn't. or the Ferrari yeah. shouldn't or, or that you shouldn't aspire to it. We're <coughs> simply saying that, you know, this whole discussion about what it means to be a man and what – um, true masculinity looks like gives you options, many right. more options right. than typically we're socialized to think we have. Absolutely. And this is all about authenticity. I mean, if we need to play the man, put on a car around us or jog or whatever we need to do to be the man, we actually inside, it's out of wounded. We don't believe we are the man. Yes. And, and that's how we're playing the man. Yes. And this thing of authenticity, I mean, just be real. It's so much more peaceful. It's so much more. And, and you know, it's so much more attractive, isn't it? It's Absolutely. more attractive to friends. And it's more, more sustainable. T- it's more sustainable. It is sustainable. The other one's not sustainable. <laughs> exactly. It's sustainable. It's, yeah. it's the thing that we can get up every right. day and do. But let's be honest. We struggle with it. I mean, even you and I uh, in our yes. 50s. I mean, there's still times I find myself doing this. <laughs> of course. I find myself walking in a particular way, talking in a particular way because I'm playing the man. We're Listen, this, and that's what I, I like about this series. This is not about um, you've got to be completely healed in order to do the work. In fact, we, we recognize most of us are wounded healers. 100%. We're, we, we recognize that there's aspects of our woundedness mm. that we're still working on. We're, I mean, we're, right. we're, we're making the journey. Mm. Uh, but what we are saying that's critical uh, is that there's an opportunity, there's space that has to be created for this kind of uh, authentic dialogue right. between men about the things that we do that are pretentious. Yeah. I mean, it, even to the point of, like, when we talk about what is it that makes men behave uh, the way that they do, uh, a lot of times it's just failure to use our strength. Right. Um, I mean, literally to use our strength in a way that's healthy. We just don't know Absolutely. how to use the power that we have. Well, that's the second response to the wound, isn't it? Yes. Now, the first is posing. The second is failing to use your strength. I love what someone said. He said the opposite of masculinity is not femininity. It's passivity. 
And wow. we're not designed to be passivists. We're designed to use our strength well. Yes. And, uh, and we find men who believe they're not the man. They believe they're inadequate. You know, the message they receive from mom, dad, society is you're not quite the man. They, they give up on being a man. So what they do, we hide, don't we? Yes. I mean, it's, it's fascinating how many I mean, hide behind their sports team or hide behind um, in, in work. Yes, alcohol, the titles, or, or the titles. We hide behind things. We fail to step up and be the man. I mean, there's a, there's an absolute epidemic of addictions around the world. I mean, pornography is a major, major addiction. I mean, so many people. Why? Because it's global. It's, 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 it's global. global. It's huge, and it's, and, it does, and it cuts across social. And it's male driven. It's male driven, and the reason is we we immerse ourselves in that because it's this unreal world. It's not a real world. We're hiding. Gaming has become a massive issue. You know, completely. And then you look at that. I mean, these are male-driven examples of massive global Mm. abuse. Right. And so if you think about it, what is it that would have so many men from such diverse backgrounds engaging in the same type of Mm. abuse, in the same type of of just really uh, sick behavior? Escaping. Escapism. Mm alcoholism, drinking too much. I mean, some of them are socially sanctioned addictions, like working too hard or too much sport. But really, what is it? It's, it's just we, we're withdrawing into this escape because yeah. we, we're not able to stand up and just be the authentic man and use our strength well. Right. And because a lot of times we don't even know what our true strengths are. We don't. We don't. It hasn't been called out in us. No. And, and that's the point of men calling out men. Uh, so crucial. I mean, masculinity is imparted by a man to a man. By an yes. older man to a younger boy. And as he grows up, model to him what it means to be a man. In the absence of that, he finds his own way. Yes. You know, I, I, I have um, for a number of years now uh, had discussions with different people uh, about this whole ideal of empowerment. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that uh, even in our discussions we, we, we've talked about is how, first of all, um, I, I, I don't um, aspire to the empowerment model. What What fundamentally... Uh, my position is, is that we already have power. We're yes. born with power. Absolutely. And the, the question is not how I give you power, we give other men power, but how we acknowledge and celebrate the power that's in them. Right. And the pathways for that power to grow so that it inspires others. Right. Um, to see that they too have power. Mm. And so that power is oftentimes represented as True masculinity. I'm, I'm talking about the authentic strengths that right. we bring to the occasion of, uh, of, of growing up as boys into manhood. Yes. And so uh, I, I just think that it's critical for us to recognize when we're talking about why men behave the way that they do, posing, failing to use um, our, our strengths. Right. And then there's a third one, Craig, um, and we talk about that. It's not just failing to use our strength. It's actually misusing right. our strengths. The other extreme. The other extreme mm-hmm. of the conversation. Right, right. Where you have men who are unquestionably alpha males. They're unquestionably strong, uh, like handsome. I mean, ticks all the boxes. Right. Even, I mean, I, I remember growing up as a little boy in my in my neighborhood. Um, we had a guy, uh, named, his name was Lucky. Mm-hmm. Lucky by everybody's um, definition and by everybody's agreement in everybody's agreement, Lucky was the most handsome guy right. in the neighborhood. <laughs> I mean, hands down, even I thought Lucky was the most handsome guy in the neighborhood. We won't unpack that now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm just saying the guy was, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. all the girls liked him. Right. 
he was a he was he he was great at sport, um, but uh, emotionally he he had some real challenges because he was locked into uh, how handsome he was. It was almost kind of like a, a hedonism. He needed but that to be. He needed that, and and for me, the my towering strength was uh, that I was really bright. Right. I, I I was I like and I was really athletic, and I could figure things out. But I never thought of myself as the, the, the handsome guy. So yeah, I looked at our lives and I figured I saw how I actually misused my power because I took that precociousness. I took that that kind of uh, intellectual potential and began to think about all the things I could do wrong rather than right. Right, right. And how I ended up allowing that to take me down a rabbit hole that could never have ended well. But it came again from the sense of I'm not enough. No matter exactly. how much I have, no matter how bright I am, fast I am, if your heart has been wounded, it, it's never enough, is it? Yes. And, and if you're judging yourself by the standards of sex, power, money, big boys don't cry, you, it, you can never, ever achieve it. If, if the heart hasn't been affirmed and validated and, and restored and made whole by masculinity, imparting masculinity, by believing in yourself, nothing you do is enough. It's the same as, you know, we will talk, you know, serial players, you know, a, a guy who just goes from woman to woman to woman. Why is he doing that? I mean, the reason he's doing it is to prove to himself that he's a man. Yes. And the problem is it never works. You can never be validated by a woman as a man. You can't. I mean, she can, she can support you and compliment you, but you can't heal your heart. If you and your heart don't, look at Tiger Woods. I mean, what a fascinating, oh, fascinating. I mean, a that's story. an incredibly good looking, an incredible number one uh, in, in his field in the entire world, multi, multi, multi dollar millionaire, and yet he, and married to a beautiful woman. Yes. What is it that drove him to have more and more women? He became addicted because obviously, no matter how he looked on the outside, how much he had inside, he felt inadequate. Precisely. And he felt that he needed, and this whole thing of misusing strength, I mean, it, it, it takes such a range, doesn't it? It's, it's around the man who can never ask directions, the man who can never say, I'm sorry, <laughs> can never say, I'm sorry, you know? And, I mean, and it's, it, think about that, how tough it is for us as men to apologize. So I mean, difficult, I mean, so it, difficult. It, right now, we, we have this whole kind of discussion going on in America uh, around our president, uh, right. uh, President Trump. And one of the indictments that's constantly leveled against him is that no matter how wrong he is, <laughs> he'll never admit it. He'll never admit it. And yeah. in fact, his response is to go on the offensive. Right. And to say that anyone else who denies what he's saying is true right. is in fact the, the problem. Right, right. And, and I'm not saying that to, um, to, to knock uh, uh, President Trump or anything like that. I'm simply saying it that we see this pattern in men all the time, and, and it doesn't matter how low your station or how high your yeah. title. Yeah. We are seeing the same kinds of behavioral right. and emotional challenges, and I would say even spiritual right. challenges that we face at, and that we exemplify as men. Right. Absolutely, it's rampant. I mean, you see it in every kind of institution. Politics is. Uh, it's rampant in politics. Politics, people are there to serve the constituents, aren't they? But a lot of people get into politics to prove that they're powerful, to use the power. And again, it's this drive to be the man. It's the drive to, to make myself feel as though I am powerful. Yeah. And, 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 you know, the funny thing is that in most countries around the world, uh, there's no real qualification for becoming a, a politician. In fact, if there were if if I would say there is one common denominator, it's it's having an ego. It's it's like having <laughs> this super yeah. ego, which it shouldn't that be. You're it should, it that, should, yeah. that drives you. 
Well, and, and they call them public servants. So oh. it, it should be the opposite of an ego. Absolutely. And, and really, this is what it's all about, isn't it? I mean, men have strength. They have power. How do we use it? When we wound it, we use it to pose. We, we, we fail to use it. I mean, the, the epidemic of fatherlessness. You know, UNICEF recently said that, uh, that's the United Nations Children's Fund, said that absent fathers is the single biggest social issue of our times. Oh, and, and, it's it's, comp- and look, we're not, we have any, I would say that that's the peak. It's not even the point. Hmm. Because when you start to look at the point of it, you see the horror stories that begin to emerge right. that are the consequence right. of the fatherlessness. You begin to see, I mean, I go into prison, I, look, I still go into prisons after having served 20 years there. It's, it, to be totally honest, brutally honest with you, it's one of the places where I actually feel most at home. Right. When I'm in that environment, uh, challenging men in that environment mm-hmm. to rethink how we got there, to kind of really be reflective about it. And I remember how um, many of the dynamics between men in prison had was always distorted by this idea that you can't tell me anything as another right, man. Right, right. I, I mean, cannot such, be wrong. You cannot be wrong. Mm. There's such tensions there. And what I began to uncover through years and years of, of, of having book groups, uh, uh, book clubs, discussions with other men in prison was that many of the men there resented anyone who appeared to be like their father. Wow. So imagine this. You're mm. in an environment, all male – and many of, I mean, it's a bastion of patriarchy. There's always the alpha male syndrome that is taken to such extremes um, that you you actually don't even know that, that you're looking at human beings in many wow. instances. And here you have this undercurrent of emotional woundedness coming out of the father hmm. fatherlessness. Hmm. And so as another man in that environment, the worst thing you could do is remind him of his father. Is remind him of his father. Because he hates him. He, the hatred, the wow. anger. Wow. And, and even if I didn't call it hatred, the anger mm. that comes from the woundedness. Right, the rage. The rage mm. that gets acted out. Yeah. So when there's a, any act of violence, it is the most extreme. It's almost like that guy is killing the father who, who was never wow. present. Wow. wow. And those fathers were absent because they themselves were deeply wounded. And they fail to use their strength. I mean, a man who has a child and fails to step up and father that child is failing to use his strength. Yes. A man who commits himself to a woman fails to be committed to and devoted is failing to use his strength, isn't he? Yes. I mean, I, I remember we did some work in a, in a very poor community here in South Africa, in Johannesburg. And uh, we, we had a volunteer program where we paid these volunteers. Uh, we literally had just a thousand rand, tiny volunteer, amount to pay volunteers to help us with this program. And we had a whole bunch of people volunteer and do this work. And the one guy um, did this work, and we gave him his 1,000 rand, which is very little money. This particular guy had three children from three different wives. Well, not wives, a woman. And they were poverty-stricken. I mean, his kids were really um, struggling. Do you know what he went and did with his 1,000 rand? I mean, it, it blew my mind. He went out and he bought a belt and a pair of shoes for himself. And I, and I asked a lot of people in the community, why? why? I mean, why? he's got kids that need food and diapers and whatever. And the reason was this, is that in that particular community, a belt, a leather belt and a good pair of leather shoes showed that you had made it, that you were, yes. you know. So his desire, his woundedness 
as a man was was so extreme that it superseded his need to look after his children. Oh, yes. A belt and shoes, which he didn't need. We see it all the time. Uh, I mean, th- that was more important than his kids because that made him feel like a man. If he didn't have it, he didn't feel like a man. Yes. Helping his kids. And it's such a distortion, isn't it? You, you know, I, I'm thinking uh, back when I uh, got out of prison, um, one of the things that you constantly hear for someone who's from individuals who have been in prison is that no one will hire you. Uh, no one's going to give you a second chance. Um, it's highly likely that you'll return to criminal behavior the whole nine yards. And what became clear to me was that um, it wasn't so important for me that someone hire me. My my goal getting out of prison was to go and volunteer somewhere where they were doing work that I believed in. Right. Because that would allow me to get up every morning with joy in my heart that would exceed any amount of money that I could be paid anyway. Uh, on, on top of that <clears> – <throat> The program that I went to uh, volunteer with was called Mentoring Children of Incarcerated Parents. So because I felt that this was a a space Mm. that I needed personally to Very close to your heart. Very dear to my heart because I had left my own sons without a father. So mentoring children with uh, with incarcerated parents. And one of the biggest challenges, and this was a federal, um, federally funded program in America. And um, when I went to apply for the job, the the uh, the or the opportunity to be there um, in the experience with the program, the lady, first of all, said that I don't know that you that you are actually um, you meet the criteria because you're formerly incarcerated. I said, no, uh, ma'am, I'm actually here to volunteer to share with you how it should look. Right. And so the biggest challenge they had was identifying the men who were um, who had children who they weren't attentive with, who hmm. they weren't present with. Hmm. And so. One side of it was the incarcerated parent, and mm-hmm. then the other side of it, which had the greatest amount of funding, was the men who had been released, right? who still weren't present in their children's mm. lives. Their wound hadn't been healed. Right, and so they didn't know how to find them. They couldn't right. locate them. Right. The first thing I did is I went down to the probation, the parole and probation services, and I, asked, I would ask guys, how many of you have children? And all of them would raise their hands. I said, and I asked him, well, where are your children? Don't know. A lot of them didn't know. So we first set up a a process by which we could uh, locate their children. Wow. And then we began to very systematically and in a very structured Mm. way to help them develop healthy relationships with their children that wasn't based on how much money they had. Right. That wasn't based on how many things they owned. That wasn't based on any of these titles or any of that. But – that was driven by the fact that I love you. Right. I'm here for you. Mm. And nothing in heaven or earth will ever keep me from not being here wow. going forward. Isn't it an interesting question, though? You know, the question of I love you. And, and this is where this parallel journey of fatherhood becomes. Because if you do not love yourself, if you don't have a sense of your own self-esteem, your own self-worth, a love for yourself, it's very difficult to impart that to someone else. You can't – Craig, so, you, none of this can even – we. none of this discussion means anything mm. if we don't understand that what undergirds all of it is love. Absolutely. So, I mean, the, 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 our listeners out there, the, the, the men and women, so many have grown up with a wound, not having had the question answered. And so this this quest to be a man – 
and to feel okay and feel powerful. We talked the other time about how men have a need to be powerful. If we don't feel powerful, if we don't feel loved, that becomes almost a greater need than our need to actually look after our children and our wives and to take care, to use our strength well. Yes. We, we, we spend our entire lives trying to find ways of making ourselves feel valid and okay. I mean, you see, you saw that at the most brutal in your first few years of incarceration. You saw, you, 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 you called it gladiator training. Yes. And this is men that are vicious. And the viciousness is driven by woundedness. And the woundedness is driven by the father that wasn't present, the, 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 the unsense of love. And we see it out, you know, we see it in, let's call it the average world. Yes. Average Joe at work, he carries that. And the behavior around, you know, being a player, seeking after women, seeking validation, seeking porn or whatever it is, or seeking money, you know, this quest for I need more money because that makes me feel like a man, or this quest for power in whatever form it is, uh, working out in the gym or, or you know. Even, and they're all externalized. They're, they're all, all external, externalized yeah, yeah. sources of uh, the trinkets, the power, the which sex, can, which can never heal the wound. Can never heal the wound. So, so this thing about why men behave the way they do, the Harvey Weinsteins, the Bill Cosbys. I mean, sometimes we look at a guy like Cosby again and we think it's hard. It defies imagination how a man with all that he has and all that he had could do such a thing. Yet inside him, the wounded heart. There's no doubt about it. I, I mean, I, as I said, as I've said in the previous uh, podcast, um, for me as an African American, uh, to to have to come to terms as an African-American man with the things that Bill Cosby not only was alleged to have done, but I'm crystal clear those women were telling the truth. Right. And the the, the uh, abusive, horrific, beastly mm. behavior that he participated in just defies yeah. a lot. It defies it, – like there's no explanation mm. that you could ever give – that will justify his behavior. That said, we have to understand that he too operated from a place of woundedness. And if we don't understand the source of such behavior, why men behave the way we do, if you never become reflective about that and delve into that, it's going to be it's actually quite likely that we're going to create another Bill Cosby. Absolutely. Well, we we constantly creating Bill yes, Cosby, aren't we? Because we're not we're not going to the root. We're not we're not getting to the real understanding of what yes. causes the problem. You know, I heard a great saying that I said. He said it's sometimes the the poorest man leaves behind the richest inheritance because he's present and engaged with his children. Isn't that beautiful? That is, it's, it's not about the money or the power or the biceps or the woman. Precisely. It's about it's about the love, the validation, the fact that you do not have to play the man. To be the man, you are the man. Yes. And Craig, you know, it's so funny with you saying that, you know, as we bring this, this podcast, um, to, uh, to a close, one of the things that you and I have often uh, talked about is it's not an either or. It, it's, it's, it's a both and. Right. You can be a great guy, have the trinkets or not have the trinkets. You can be a great guy, have a wonderful job, title, all those things or not. Right. In both cases, authentic manhood, authentic masculinity, being real and, and actually being, laying bare your, your journey, your story is what's most important right. uh, in this work that we've got to do as men. Right. 100%. And Khalil, again, it's been a fantastic discussion and there's so much more that one could say, but this whole, 
issue, as you said earlier, we need to understand why men do the things they do. And us as men need to understand it. Because if we understand it, we can know what pushes our buttons and we can begin to fix it and heal it. And as women in the lives of men, if you understand that, you know, a lot of women, on a final note, because of their, their desire to nurture and their, their, their desire for relationship, they often become rescuers, don't they? Yes. And I mean, a note to a woman out there, you cannot heal or rescue an emotionally wounded man. You cannot do that. You can't, as much as you try. Yes. Craig, thanks so much. This has been absolutely a joy. It's been wonderful. Next uh, episode, we'll talk about, so what do we do from here? In a country where one in two women are victims of abuse, it's important that we take the time to discuss a way forward, man to man. Carling Black Label is a proud sponsor of Man to Man Talks with myself, Craig Wilkinson, and Khalil Osiris. Drink responsibly, not for sale to persons under the age of 18. This is CliffCentral.com.